following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. It's the Joker's Gallery right here on the Fago Lovers Network. Another edition of Five Piece coming at you today. Today we're going to be ranking the top five ICP wrestling moments of all time. The wrestling culture is huge in the Juggalo culture. I mean, they've got their own fucking federation. So we got to rank the top five moments of ICP's wrestling history. Before we get into all that, I'm going to introduce the panel right here beside me. you got the host of the Speak Your Clout podcast, Mr. Mike Sears. What it do, what it do, Mike Sears. Speaking Club Podcast, Goonsquad Gallery, you already know. And right there below me, you got the Larry King of the Underground representing Trife Life. Uh, bing bong. <laughs> Mr. Luke the Goon. Hell yeah, man. I'm excited for this one. Like, the build for this one, this has been my favorite prep for any of these that we've ever done. Just because, really? like, I got to go. But yeah, because, like, a lot of these matches and a lot of this stuff, I haven't watched literally since I was, like, fucking... 15 watching it fucking on monday night nitro bro so like this is the first time for me to like go back and fucking see these matches again since then so it was like a huge nostalgia trip it's like when you love something so much and you haven't seen it for a fucking long time then all of a sudden it's like oh brought back all those like jekyll brothers vibes from when i was like oh, chilling, watching the shit with the homies man it was it was great going back and like checking all these out and like seeing some matches that I'd completely forgotten about and shit, like little feuds and stuff. It was really cool. I liked going back and watching these again. It's been my favorite part of the show. It's like a time machine. Whenever we have a certain thing to go, like with Tech Nine, man, I was talking about it. I had 13 songs in my top five because I'd forgotten so many great songs as I listened to it, but more just kept making the list. So yeah, I feel what you're saying there for sure. And today, joining us with to bring in professional wrestler you know him from camp zool you know him tearing up the independent scene in the name of the almighty zool the northwest zooligan himself mr jared savage Appreciate y'all bringing me on the motherfucking show. 
Uh, it's a fucking honor to also be up on Fago Lovers because I've been fucking with Fago Lovers my whole life. So this is all pretty fucking big deal to me. And uh, I'm pretty excited because, yeah, like this topic we got, yo, like, let's be real here. Like, of course, you know, I'm the Northwest Zulu and all that. But like at the end of the fucking day, ICP is why I'm here. Like ICP and wrestling going hand in hand. That's what made me fucking fall in love with ICP. I was like, oh, shit, they wrestle? <laughs> Straight up. I'm excited right now. And to speak of that, I actually bought The Great Malenko right after I seen Shockumentary. And then, you know, I'd listened to it and then played it for a while or whatever and then, you know, moved on to something else. And then all of a sudden I'm watching Monday Night Raw one night and these two motherfuckers come out on stage. And I'm like, this is the fucking dudes from the Great Malenko that they fucking wrestle. And like you said, as soon as I seen that, I, I wrestled for fucking twelve years on the independent scene. You know what I'm saying? Evans is out. You hear me? He's dead. Hey, ring the bell. Ring the bell. He's out. He's out. <laughs> Wrestling to me was fucking everything in 1998. And when I seen the motherfuckers come out on fucking Raw, I was like, holy shit, man. This is just a new fucking level. And that's really what took my juggalo level up from probably 10 to fucking Spinal Tap 11. What's the first <laughs> memories of what's the first memories of you, Mike, thinking about wrestling in ICP? Well, I say this a thousand times. <laughs> I don't want to go with this one. It's ECW Hawker Heaven 1997. I mean, big ECW, Mark. I'm talking 95. I seen him in pro wrestling mm -hmm. Illustrated first. But then one time on uh, the Spanish channel at 3 in the morning, I caught the first ECW arena that I ever seen. But, um, yeah, Hawk of Heaven uh, 97, they was in the ring with the gold Malenko hockey jerseys on. And I just seen RVD kicking their ass, you know? <laughs> and then literally the next day, shout out to Steven Oliveira, wherever you at, homie. His little brother was rapping loons. I said, who the fuck is that? He's like, I ICP. I was like, I thought they were a tag team, literally. Mention so, how like, mention how old his little brother was, by the way. Like 10? <laughs> Rapping <laughs> the loons. <laughs> I'm a hit cutter and I'm one block away. That's my favorite part of the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I got the Great Malenko cassette from Steve and uh, Ton of Love. And yeah, there you go. Then when, by the time they came on fucking SummerSlam 98, it was like, I was already a juggler. So, you know, that's my story. About you, Luke. And I, I, to be honest, I don't really know. Uh, I mean, if it counts, probably Stranglemania. But um, I mean, it sure it would have been probably uh, because I was like following. I was like going to the. I was using like library internet and fucking like I was in the mailing club that they had with for the newsletters and shit. So I knew like when they were going to be on Stern, and I knew when they were doing the shockumentary on MTV. Like I knew when they were going to be in WWF. I never really got pay-per-views back then, so it probably would have been the Raw after SummerSlam if they were on that Raw. I don't know. They it were. Would have been what? Yeah. So it they got been, beat up by they got beat up by LOD. <laughs> yeah. So it would have been the Raw after SummerSlam would have been the first time I remember seeing them like actually like 
wrestling, so to speak. And for you, Jared, I'm guessing it was when you seen him come out on Monday Night Raw with the oddities. I mean, really, like looking back, like you know, like my actual memory, I would say I really remember more from WCW. But I do vaguely, as a kid, remember seeing you know in WWF. I hate admitting this. All right, now as a kid, I fucking for some reason hated them. I was like, oh, they suck. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> And then, like, the Backyard Wrestling game came out. It was, like, around my 10th birthday. I saw the commercial, and, like, I was already a mark, you know. There was no doubt about that. I've always been a, a mark for wrestling my whole life. But I saw Jay in the commercial, and I was like, yo, it's one of those ICP guys. I want that game. And as soon as I fucking got the game, I, I heard homies was, like, the, you know, on the intro. Mm-hmm. Fucking I heard chicken hunting. Fucking, like, bro, that that honestly is probably, like, my real, like, big memory of, of ICP and wrestling. That's my best memory, really. Because oh, yeah. that's exactly what, like, brought all this shit together for me. But, I, yeah. but like I said, I do remember them quite a bit from WCW because they were with Vampiro, and I liked Vampiro as a kid. Yeah, to piggyback off that a little bit, even when I was getting ready for this episode, I had I thought they were in WCW first. Like that was where my memory was. And then I went back and I looked and I was like, oh no shit, they were in WWE WWF first. And I was like, damn. I was like, because like I said, there's been a long ass time since I've seen any of those matches. So I was I was surprised. And I really can't blame you for saying whenever you seen them on like WWF earlier that you thought they were whack because that's the reason they left the WWF. They thought <laughs> WWF was making them look too fucking whack. People thought they were, you know, just bitches. So they went to WCW. WCW treated them motherfuckers like gold, man. You'll see it on some of my some of my list um, on my top five that a lot of the WCW moments because WCW treated them motherfuckers like gold during the height of the uh, Monday Night Wars. So that was dope to see to me. They definitely yeah. really good. Yeah. Speaking of the list, I'll go ahead and get into mine at the five spot. It's not going to be the uh, backyard wrestling game that Jarrett was talking about. It's going to be WWF Attitude. It actually had ICP's custom face paint and custom jer- and the jerseys that they wore from the WWF magazine that you could make in the custom wrestlers. So they made a video game. So I marked the fuck out. I played the fuck out of that game. That game wasn't that good at all. But because it had ICP and Shaggy, you could create to a T and use the oddities music and shit. I played the fuck out of that game. So I want to put that at the five spot. I think a lot of people might forget that they were on a WWF attitude because they're not actual characters that are on the game. Whenever you buy it, they're not like preset, but you go into that fucking creator wrestler, man, and their paints there and their jerseys are there. So that's super dope. I put that at the five spot. The face paint was purple. You can make it black though. Yeah. You had to change the color of it. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. I, I did not even know that. Yeah. makes me fucking said that. Attitude, like, I don't care what anyone says. A lot of people shit on, like, that and Warzone, all that. I fucking love those games. I still play them. And, like, that's one of the reasons I still do it, because I fucking made ICP. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, the the first night we got it, me and my girl got it, because her brother was a big wrestling fan, and she was uh, a juggalette, too. And 
we were going to Holiday World, which is a theme park. It's got like roller coasters and shit. And we were going to Holiday World the next day. I stayed up all fucking night playing that game and didn't sleep at all. And ended up like falling asleep on like the ro- waiting in line at the roller coasters the next day, just being feeling all fucked up because I played Attitude all goddamn night. <laughs> they took Max in that game too. Yo. Triple H like I left my st- your sister left her watch on my nightstand and shit. Like that. <laughs> Yeah, since oh, we're yeah. talking about that real quick, I want to bring this up. This is a funny story that, like, just, like very recently happened. Like, I recently re picked up 2K19, right? I went in to download the creations. I'm like, hmm, I'm going to look up, see if anybody did anything with Zool. Ah, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Joe Black <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> So you found Zool. Yeah, so I picked this out the other day. I looked up Zool. Lo and behold, they were there, created by Jared Savage. (laughs) (laughs) He created all of Zool, and he put in whip stick and eight legs as well. So So if you're on Xbox and you want to play a Zool on 2K19, Jared's got you hooked up. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, man. That's dope. (laughs) I want to say I started doing that like 2K16. And then, you know, as the mass progressed and shit, I was like, all right, I got to fucking put this one in. Like, man, I'm glad you brought that up. I appreciate it. <laughs> I was just so funny because I looked at it and I was like, oh, shit, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I remember bro, around, around like. Two- dude, this is what I do, bro. I, when I ain't wrestling, dude, I sit at home, fucking play video games and just bullshit. And that's oh, yeah. the kind of shit I do. So. If you look honestly, look on any wrestling game if they have community creations, chances are you'll find Zool for me. Like I even Fire <laughs> Pro, so that's it. I remember around like 2016, 2015, something like that. They put one of the WWE 2Ks out that you could actually load your own theme music for. And me and my roommate at the time spent at least fucking six weeks creating all of our fucking wrestlers in our indie feds that we wrestled with and putting the music on there so much so that like his PlayStation couldn't fit any more data on it just from the WWE game and all the fucking creative characters oh, and all the fucking uh, downloaded music we had on there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, that shit's fun. I can't wait. So they get a game like that where you can like, you can do music, you can do the arena videos like, Oh, when they get to that point where you can like create your whole entrance with the, the Titan Tron video and like everything, man, I can't wait for that shit. Oh, Music. Not- I'm excited for this. Yeah. You think, you think about how crazy those games are now and then look at my number five spot on the list. WWF attitude. Go play that shit. <laughs> you, ain't cre- you ain't create no Titan Tron videos. <laughs> we got the five spot, Mike. Uh, my five spot took place in 1998. How did the attitude era? Stone Cold Steve Austin stuns Violent J, man. Oh! Do it! Any damn thing he wants. Oh, look out! Look out! <laughs> and behind the paint, Jay talked about it. he wasn't ready for it, so it looks fucking sloppy as shit. They came up with the headbangers and they, they, they were like heel at the time. They turned on the oddities mm-hmm. the week before, and uh, yeah, Austin just stunned that nigga. He's been like sloppily rolled over. That was towards yeah. the end, wasn't it? I think that's their last appearance there, if I remember. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, because yeah. I know once they turned on the oddities, they were gone pretty quick after that happened. Because they were supposed to job to fucking Luna, and they are like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them were supposed to get beat up by Luna. That's when they did. 
bro. She, she, hates, she hates them, bro. Yeah, she wow. does. She did that shoot interview and she gang grill, right? Yes. Yeah, she doesn't like them because of them been out like that for sure. It's funny you talked about like Jay not taking it right. He says that Austin kept telling him all day, I'm a gun the skinny clown first, then the fat clown. Skinny clown first, fat clown second. And he came in and went right for the fat clown, Jay said. It's like, what the fuck? Dude, I didn't want no smoke. He was outside the ring. <laughs> I would not want to get hit by Luna either, man. That's no. Oh. Or Kurgan. He didn't know how to fucking hit people without knocking them the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Kurgan. Well, that's a lot of big men, though. I hate saying like a lot of the like tall motherfuckers. They're really not that good in the ring, and I feel bad saying that. Like, <laughs> I get it? But like, man, Kurgan was one of the people who really. I don't know. Yeah, he's trash. I think I think part of the reason behind that is that those really tall big motherfuckers. They become wrestlers because they're really tall big motherfuckers, not because like they know how to wrestle really well. Vince McMahon just sees them and is like. Uh, that's good shit. You know what I mean? It brings some in. <laughs> Look at yeah, Big Silva, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. perfect example right there. Uh, Gante, he was a failed basketball player for the oh Hawks. Oh, my God. Even it's WCW, bad. he was trash. <laughs> I <laughs> want why, his belt. That's why he's, he was in WCW. The Atlanta Hawks purchased his contract to be, play basketball, and he was so fucked up. His knees were so fucked up, and they didn't want to lose all that money they gave him. So they're like, go be a wrestler. <laughs> I didn't realize that's why he ended up doing it. Yep. All right. Uh, my number five is uh, – we already talked about it a little bit, and I know we'll probably talk about it again a little bit later. It's the uh, ECW beatdown. Hardcore Heaven, 97. Uh, oh, yeah. Bill Alfonso, RVD. Um, it's like, what's funny about, what's funny about that is that it's, it doesn't even happen like on air. It's like, they do like a recap. They're like, we brought in ICP to perform and then this happened. And it's a uh, fucking, who's that annoying announcer guy that's talking. Oh, Joey Styles. Joey Styles is doing it. And like, bro, there's something I'll get into a little bit later, but the ECW crowd fucking loved them. Like you could hear the crowd fucking popping hard. And then, like, Sandman comes out of the fucking crowd to save ICP. He's, he gets his ass beat, too, though. <laughs> they all get their ass beat by RVD and Bill Alfonso. Um, it's dope. There's a dude in the crowd with a Riddle Box shirt on and shit. I was like, oh, shit. Like, that shit was dope. Oh, and they're wearing the fresh gold Malenko hockey jersey. It's That's, like, the height era ICP for me. Like, wearing the Malenko and shit. It was fucking dope um and i think that's kind of like i'm sure vince saw that shit because vince back then had his like finger on the pulse it was smart back then yeah and so uh, he might have seen that and been like uh, maybe we should bring him in i don't know but for me that was kind of like their foot in the door for like main like mainstream ish wrestling which is kind of why i put it on my list fuck yeah but it's such a small appearance that's why i got it at five because it was 
it's literally like a two minute segment, I think, of them just getting their ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't long at all. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it was on like the pre show, like how they used to do like the free for all on WWF. I think it was like recorded on the pre show. It wasn't even on the actual pay per view. But yeah, it was super dope. Uh, ECW was custom made for ICP. Like, I don't know a juggalo that didn't like I that didn't like ECW back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. some juggalos don't like wrestling, but most of them did like ECW. So it was perfect for them to show up in ECW. Um, whenever I think of ECW, and you talked about the dude being in the uh, crowd wearing a riddle box shirt, I remember. Uh, Axel Rotten used to rock a riddle box shirt in the ring and in some of his promo pictures and he had a great Malenko tattoo on his leg. So I always wondered maybe if Axel Rotten was a juggalo and kind of got him in the door there. I never mm. I never heard him talk about yeah. how they got in the door there, but I would yeah. I would assume that may, might be Axel. He definitely was a juggalo for sure. In Behind the Paint, Jay mentioned they were, you know, he, he knew Sabu and Van Dam prior to him doing indie shit. Yep. So I think mm. that played a part in all that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I remember Jay saying that RVD kicked him so hard in the ear that he had a fucking hole in his ear that whistled for like 20 years. He <laughs> 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 said so that's in the book, too. <laughs> he said like for like 20 years, he didn't know why his ear whistled after RVD kicked him. And he said like a doctor took like a piece of paper and put it in his ear and fixed it. <laughs> we got your five spot, Jerry. So I knew it was going to happen. I fucking knew it was going to happen from the get-go. I was like, oh, something's going to happen. We're going to run across the same shit. I didn't know it was going to be me and Luke over here, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> my number five is ECW Hardcore Heaven 1997. Yeah. But uh, my, I guess my reason on why I picked that is because no one really had any knowledge other than, like, and even the people who, who I'm going to mention probably didn't even realize, but, like, ICP did indie shit still to some degree which you could find on youtube like before that ecw appearance mm-hmm. those were the only people who knew that they even had wrestling experience at all and that's even if they recognized it was icp because they did different gimmicks i think shaggy was like the sewer dweller or some mm-hmm. shit. yeah 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 jay's and, hector hatchet yeah, yeah 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 exactly so this was like the first time like even if you weren't like you know completely smart to everything as soon as you saw them, you know, take the bumps from Sabu and Van Dam, like it was very clear that they actually have wrestling experience and they're not just, you know, just some music motherfuckers. Like they, they're actually wrestlers too. So I think that's why I put that up there. It, you know, and I made that part of this list because it's it's a special moment. And I I also agree too. Like it's not as big as some of the other things, so that's why it's number five. But it, it has to be mentioned because mm-hmm. that's a huge moment. It's like the origins of ICP in wrestling. Yeah, because I mean, as far as the national scene, without that moment, you couldn't put them in the category of being like, well, they've worked all the major companies. You couldn't Mm -hmm. say that if they didn't do that ECW shit. So that's a huge fucking thing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's my number five. Move it up to my four spot. What had to be a major thing to ICP and. Everybody and everybody working in JCW because we talk about how they grew up wrestling fans, how much they dug wrestling growing up, and how much respect they show it. Making the JWO, the Juggalo World Order, having the NWO, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Six Pop join the JWO. Following announcement has been paid for by the Juggalo World Order. Hey yo, say hello to the back Scott Hall, representing JWO, and I'm here to sell merchandise. 
I was checking out HatchetGear.com and I noticed a brand new wide variety of JWO merchandise. JWO, all the way to go. This is 100% polyester fireproof outdoor wear right here. You can get them in many different colors. Black and white, you've got white and black, you've got black with a tint of white. Hey, it's a bargain at any price. Now on HatchetGear.com, there's a plethora. JWO merchandise You can get the ever cool brand new JWO jersey or the super cool 100% cotton. And I heard from Shaggy, they're made in Taiwan, Texas. Hatchet Man on the back, JWO on the front. Buy the jerseys, please. If I was booking something for myself when I was still in independent wrestling, it would have been to join the NWO and make up my own shit. So imagine getting to do that and how fresh that was for them. So I get the JWO on the on at the four spot because I marked the fuck out whenever that happened. I was like, that's so fresh, man. And they've got to be marking out as as wrestling fans around like, you know, they're not that much older than we are. So they grew up a razor remote and and uh, diesel and one, two, three kid and fucking. 10 years later, you're in a fucking stable with them. That had to be super fresh. And they got to use the dope-ass uh, NWO logo. They just changed the N to a J. They had the fucking shirts and the jerseys and shit. And they were doing the fucking two sweets. That had to be a fucking blast, man. So I got to get that on my list. I'll put it at the four spot. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted one of those jerseys, dog. I Hell still yeah. one of those jerseys. <laughs> yeah. Anybody out there watching, you know, you got five, eight JWO, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we always end the episodes with the two sweets, so oh, you yeah. already, you already. I mean, our that. our fucking logo yeah, is yeah. a goddamn <laughs> NWO logo inspired. Yeah, so that's like that. That had to have been like they had been so giddy when they were fucking like booking that. Yeah, it's like fantasy booking right there. Like, all right, bro, we're gonna get the Juggalo World Order and fucking like to get all of them to agree to it and shit. And that's that's wild. And after having to put up with all those shitty staples that they were in, whenever they fucking had the demon thrown into the, the fucking oh, yeah. dark carnivore for some reason, oh, they had to put up God. with the shitty ass oddities as a staple, and then all of a sudden they're in the fucking JWO. That's a fucking big ass upgrade right there. Yeah, I mean the and the Deadpool was they had some cool members, but I fucking hated that name. Deadpool is a fucking terrible name for. for, for <laughs> had, that's when it had Raven. That was Raven's idea. He's yeah. a big comic guy. And then WC or then uh, Marvel said, "No, nah, fuck that, <laughs> shut that shit down." They switched to the Dark Carnival. All right, get in my fourth spot. Nineteen ninety nine. I'll be honest, I did not like WCW that much at all around this time. I tuned in for the clones. I got ICP versus that seventies guy, Mike Awesome. It's just funny to me. Paul and Jay's like, uh, you know, Vampiro is sitting at home because Mike Awesome injured his spleen or something. <laughs> and Shivani's like, or something. That's a lie. That was the thing. Like, WCW announcers were on point. Even at the end, bro, they were killing shit. The announcers, yeah. like, fucking were great. And he comes out in that fucking stupid bus. And, and he gives Shaggy the awesome bomb on top of the bus. Looks stiff as fuck. Two day off. Two day off. <laughs> I was dying, yeah. He like slowly slides off that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that shit. Oh, and it's fuck. Chuck. 
because I love Mike Awesome, man. And they booked him so fucking dumb. Yeah. You know? <laughs> ECW Mike Awesome was a shit, you know? Yeah. But, uh, and yeah. It, they, got even w, they got even WCW made him a fat chick thriller in the 70s guy. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? One of the best wrestlers on the planet. He was dope. Bro, he was one of the best, man. Like, I, the I've end? Been Hell yeah. Old ECW episodes the last few yeah. days. And, like, bro, I mean, I was watching him and Masato Tanaka earlier. Oh, those chest shots, bro. Like, Mike Awesome was incredible. And oh, WCW big guy too? did him dirty. They did. That 70s guy, really? Come on, man. But. Like I said, that match is just fucking funny. That's why I put it on there. <laughs> Tudo falling off the bus, man. This the way he falls, like it's fucking from a movie. Like all slow, like he's trying to hold on. He's trying. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> and when Jay said he injured his spleen or something, that was fucking alive. Oh <laughs> yeah. Hey, you talk about Mike Awesome, man. I thought he had one of the best frog splashes ever. People give RVD yeah. and Eddie Guerrero a lot of fucking props. This motherfucker's damn near 300 pounds and 6'8 and doing just as good of a frog splash as they did. Yep. Definitely underrated for sure. Rest in peace. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, my number four is uh I, I mean i guess it's another kind of obvious one it's the uh icp debut in the wwf at SummerSlam 98 they came out performing the greatest show and um to be honest it's terrible uh <laughs> their performance is god awful in it and like they keep doing this annoying thing where shaggy keeps yelling like hands like this hands yeah, like this and it gets that. so annoying and like the crowd is kind of like not feeling it like I can kind of tell the crowd's like, who the fuck are these dudes? Like, what the fuck? A bunch of clowns and shit. Like, <laughs> by the way, we should, by the way, we should mention it was at Madison Square fucking garden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and, and Jay's wearing like his FUBU jersey and shit, but there's like signs with like, uh, great Malenko and shit in the crowd. So I don't, you know, I don't know if those were planted signs or whatever, but it don't fucking matter. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you know, it's like you said, Madison Square Garden. They're in fucking WWF. Like, th at that point, there was no bigger stage, really. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the sh that's that's like that's the big show for them. You know what I mean? Like, they go from wrestling and like what ICW is fucking the sewer dweller and Hector Hatchet to fucking performing at SummerSlam in <laughs> WWF. Like, that's they made it. At that point, they made it, man. Which is probably why the performance is kind of because eh, they were like fucking hyped as fuck to be there. That was oh. probably the first time they seen a crowd bigger than like three thousand people. Oh yeah, and that they was... seen a crowd of like what twenty five thousand people at the most famous fucking arena ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. That know, would be a little bit of a shell shock to you for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, huge, huge fucking moment for them. Um crazy as a fan too you're like holy shit 
Yeah. I already liked wrestling, you know what I mean? And then you like ICP who like are basically they're still kind of underground at this point. It's 98, so you know, they kind of had the Malenko controversy and shit, but and then to be in WWF. Yep. And that was the uh Highway to Hell SummerSlam. The main event was Undertaker versus Austin. And where do they stick ICP to do their fucking face paint before they go out to the ring? in the fucking private locker room of Undertaker and Steve Austin as they go over the main event. Imagine that shit, man. That would be fucking crazy. Yeah. That's fucking wild. Yeah, that's where they stuck them. It was was Undertaker, Stone Cold, and ICP in a a locker room together. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild, man. Stars in the company. Yep. They said they did their face paint and got the fuck out of there quick as ever. So so maybe if their face paint looks shitty on SummerSlam 98, that's why. <laughs> Luke, I don't know what's going on here, dog. It happened again. <laughs> this motherfucker over here is like, oh, SummerSlam 1998. This me and Luke had four of the same one time. That's the thing on this one. Like, what can I say that hasn't already been said? Like, it, I mean, everything about that moment, obviously, Madison Square Garden, ICP being in the WWF, like, in front of all of those fucking people, that all together was a huge moment just in general. And that's why that needed to be on the list. Like I said, it, you know, I also put it in the same light as, like, the Hardcore Heaven stuff because I don't feel like it's as important as other things. But it's definitely important. It should be up there. Yeah, let me put it this way. If they had come out, killed the fucking performance, and the crowd was going crazy, it would have been number one. You know what I'm saying? Just for the significance of them going from, like, nothing to WWF. But it's like the performance is weird. And then it's like the oddities against, like, the Mai Tai guys. I don't remember who they were. Yeah, yeah, Kai and Tai. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, eh, you know. But still. Fucking yeah, it huge was just moment. a filler match that didn't really have any like, purpose, but yeah, it was kind of a squash. It wasn't match. a bad wasn't match, a squash exactly. match, but it was yeah. It was kind tie and oddities, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the only and, bad thing is like the oddity is like you have two really really tall motherfuckers, and then like I don't think Luna wrestled in that match. Uh-huh. No, Golga wrestled though, which that was, was like Golga and Kurgan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. And Damn, Silva. Back, bro, yeah, that whole match was literally just like a bunch of small dudes against big dudes. Like, it was a mismatch, but Kai and Ty, they, I thought they did great in that match. But I liked all the guys that were a part of Kai and Ty. So, mm-hmm. got nothing bad to say about the match. Whenever they let ICP have a match with Kai and Ty on Raw, it was a much better match than the match that the Oddities had with Kai and Ty on SummerSlam. Like, they actually let Shaggy and Jay work Kai and Ty on a Raw, and it was much better than the fucking uh, SummerSlam match, in my opinion. Like, well, I, like I said, I think it's just a filler match that was really thrown in there. And It was the I opening show. I don't really understand how the Oddities and ICP came about, like, why that even existed. Vince Russo was a Howard Stern fan and seen him on Howard Stern. Well, I remember when they, they did the oddities originally with the Jackal, fucking Don Callis from AEW. Yeah. But I want to say there was like time in between there, between that happening and then ICP and SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because Jackal was uh, managing Kurgan when he was just wearing the black trunks when he was trying to be like scary and shit. He's coming down, coming down from the yeah, ceiling on like a Kurgan. fucking preacher thing and shit. So yeah, there was that. De- he was definitely with him for a minute. And before that, it was a truth commission. Yep. Mm. All right. I'm moving up to my three spot now with one that I mark out too. Still, when Luke was talking about watching shit to think of the list, I marked out when I seen this again. It's 3D and Guido commentating on Nitro. They literally let 3D and Guido, not Jay and Shaggy. They called them 3D and Guido. They legit called them 3D and Guido, like on uh, Stranglemania. And they were bringing the same, like, funny shit as on Stranglemania. I just wanted to always wonder, like, how did that come about? Like, how did they convince WCW to let them fucking commentate? There's no way they handed them Stranglemania and said this so we can commentate. <laughs> but they let them, they called them the Stranglemania names and everything. That's how I was talking about WCW treating them like gold, man. They literally let them motherfuckers commentate on one of the biggest wrestling programs of all time during the Monday Night Wars as 3D and Guido, their characters from Stranglemania. So that's got to make my list. I'll put it at the three spot. They also let them promote JCW during that. Like, yep. they didn't have to let them promote shit. That's cool as fuck that they did that. WWF was supposed to uh, promote fucking Great Malenko, and they only did it one time during Sunday Night Heat. Yeah. They were supposed to do it every time ICP showed up on Raw, and they did it one fucking time during Sunday Night Heat, and that's it. Yeah, and WCW plugged their shit a lot, even if they like kind of like mess some of the things up <laughs> when they were promoting it they still like would mention their album and like talk about how they were selling records and how they're going to be on the wcw record and all this other shit like they plugged the music a lot when they were fucking there i think also the difference too is they actually paid them because if i'm right wbf did everything like with icp for free it yeah there was the pay was supposed to be promoting fucking great malenko and they didn't mm. yeah they WCW were definitely treated them way better yeah, ICP was thinking, you know, we can get them, we can either get paid like, you know, $2,000 a week or we can get our fucking commercial one during Monday Night Raw, which is like the biggest fucking show on the demographic we're looking for. So they were like, we'll just take a commercial, just pay for our fucking travel, don't pay us shit, play our commercial. And they only played that motherfucker once. They didn't even play it during Raw, they played it during fucking Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they did it for exposure. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My three spot already mentioned from Luke and Jared, man. SummerSlam 1998. You know, I marked out because I was already a juggalo. So, like a year up to that point. And then seeing him come out like that, that was dope, man. Because, you know, I didn't have no fucking dirt sheet information around that time. This is 1998. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, when I seen that shit, I mocked the fuck out. That was dope, man. But like Luke said, I remember that performance being like just whack. But yeah, it, was, it, was, it was dope. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you if you look at it with a critical eye, you're like, man, this shit is fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you, like, could, you could you you could, could tell how it happened very easily. Vince told them what they wanted to get over is that fucking thing. Remember? Like what they were pushing was yeah. that. So they, they told Shaggy to go out there yeah. and do that fucking constantly. And so that's what he did. So it's just it's like Vince McMahon being in somebody's like ear. Yeah, that was supposed to be their whole gimmick. For and then, like ICP stopped doing it after like two or three weeks. They're like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> yeah, it was just 
It's like repeated, 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 repeated. And then Jay being like, say yeah. Say hell yeah. It's like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> like it's 1989 or some shit. The crowd. Oh gosh. They were the crowd was like confused, I think. They were like, some people were really fucking loving, other people were like, nah. All right. Uh right. we're on what number three now? Yep. Okay, this yes, one. You know how I like to throw in a little bit of curveballs here, cheat just a little bit. So my number three is ICP release Stranglemania. We'll get back to that later. What this is right here is the fucking match between the two brothers, the Mushroom Boys. That's right, Ponderosa versus Sweetenoff. And you see Ponderosa coming in and part of the fuck out of that fat punching ball and shit, Sweetenoff. I can't believe how fucking fat these two big fat butterball sweaty fat balls of shit are. That's right. Look at these fucking fat blubber pumps asses. I can't believe he's trying to knock them off into the glass. Fat they may be, but two of the most aerial, fat, pudgy fucks I've ever seen in my life, Guido. That's I've right. ever seen in my life. Well, I'll tell you, you can take a skinny guy like the skinny wolf, and that motherfucker can't even jump out the top rope. But you take one of these big, fat slops of fuck, and they do three fucking flips off the top rope and land their fat ass on their opponent. One, two, three, pen. You know something? This is no ordinary. Whoa! You big, fat, sloppy piece of shit. You know what? This match is no ordinary match. This is a glass match. Glass for your fat ass. That's, That's right. what it's there for. These two are normally a team called the Mushroom Boys. They're going head to head, belly to belly, ass to ass, fat to fat. To settle the score right now, we're seeing it live on Stranglemania. That's right. You can see Ponderosa taking Sweetenhouse's fat fucking ass and trying to smother it into the glass. If he hits that glass, Guido... What this capacity crowd is gonna witness is chunks of fat spraying all over everybody. Well, what we're seeing now oh. is a chair upside the flabby back of Ponderosa oh. on the head. He's hitting him in his fat ass with that steel chair. Oh! He broke the fucking seat right out of it. You know something? I like these guys better as a team. I don't know why they started fighting each other. They're gonna kill one of the other guys in this fucking mess. There's the glass right there. Already broken from the big fat Florida fucking Ponderosa. Well, he was hanging over the side of the ring. Apparently, a lunk of fat must have hung down and broke the glass or Seeped something. Right out of a hole in his fucking curly boot. Because it didn't actually, uh, they didn't hit it yet. Because when they hit it, blood will fly. Lard will fucking spray. It will be a nasty sight, Guido. It will be a nasty sight. That's right. Uh, I had uh, unconfirmed oh. rumors, but uh, I'm pretty sure they're true that uh, Sweet Nuts Music Child was called the big fat fucking marshmallow bag of fucking egg shit. That's boy. right. And, uh, and uh, Bonarosa there was uh, called the big fat round fucking mushroom fucking tomato flop a fuck boy that's what they called them i don't know where you got that information but that's why you're a good sports journalist i want to make a point now you see uh sweetenhouse with his boot on ponderosa's fat ass sweetenhouse uh, appears, appears to me to be uh a round tubby lubby fat lardy fucking egg that's right would you say the same i'd say that definitely Pretty much, like I said when we started the show, this was like my introduction to ICP and Stranglemania. And like I've said before, it's like 
up to that point, you didn't really hear them talk that much because this is like before the Malenko shit happened and all that shit. So like all you got was like serial slaughter motherfucker shit. You know what I mean? You didn't know anything else, at least at that point, because there was like no internet and shit. So then you get Strangle Mania and they're like fucking cracking jokes and mm-hmm. fucking like they're watching wrestling and shit like I was. It's like, what the, you know what I mean? What the fuck? And then like the tape itself, it still holds up. You can watch that shit. And it's still fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, man, it's fucking great. Strangle Mania, classic ICP shit. Um, I figured it had to be on this list with their big wrestling moments because they still sell fucking Strangle Mania merchandise and shit. It showed their personality so well, like you're yeah. talking about. Like literally, we probably only seen 90 second clips of ICP talking during like MTV news clips whenever Malenko got kicked up, kicked off of uh, Hollywood or whatever. And then other than that, that's all you really seen. So you literally got an hour and a half of ICP, and it was like you were watching wrestling with your homies. At least for me, yeah. like it was the same. It was you know it was like literally sitting there with fucking a few of my homies watching Raw, and it's exactly how these motherfuckers are talking, how they're responding, and shit like that. The funny thing always. Uh, about with strangle mania is uh jim Cornette said in like 1996 bruce pritchard showed it to him so somehow strangle mania in 96 made it to bruce pritchard and jim Cornette. that's how big that tape was people in the wwf were watching it and laughing their ass off he said brother love was laughing his ass off at that fuck tape so he showed it to everybody <laughs> yeah i've talked about it before i had uh i actually got him sitting right here the uh WW the WCW games the uh, WCW NWO and the WCW NWO Revenge like in these games like what Jared was saying you can like you can like edit the wrestlers so like I would like edit the name and I had like Cactus Sack and like Drunk (laughs) Terry Flunk and like (laughs) all the names of all the fucking guys that they had in the in the fucking Strangle Mania. Lama Nama Numi. I had like Lama Nama Numi and shit in there. <laughs> with his, his Jordan jeans on. <laughs> yeah. So like, and like you know, I was just playing as them, fucking making my own factions and shit. Like, I fucking love that shit as a kid, man. Fuck yeah. Those N64 wrestling games are my favorite wrestling game ever. Hands down, there's no fucking better games than those. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> The only ones that I'd even put slightly up there, like that are almost as good as like some of the Japanese games I played for PS2. Mm. But even then, those 64 games, like they hold their own still. Virtual Wrestling 2, that's a Japanese game on uh, 64. Got Masawa and Kawada in that bitch. Oh, yeah. That's the only uh, Japanese game I have on 64, but I have that. I'm very thankful I got that. Likewise, I, I thought the GameCube games were pretty good too. They kind of followed the uh, N64 play scheme, uh, Day of Reckoning and Day of Reckoning Reckon. 2. They were the closest ones that I found yeah. since N64. I'll drop some knowledge here because this is definitely perfect place to throw it out. So, there's a game Wrestle Kingdom 2 for PS2. Uh, it runs on the Day of Reckoning engine. The reason no I'm it up is because Nozawa's in it. And he's got a hatchet man on his fucking trunks. <laughs> oh shit! Hell yeah, that's dope. Yeah, th- those fucking Japanese like version games are fucking dope, man. They got everybody on them motherfuckers. Oh yeah, bro. Like I, I want to say a couple months ago, dude. I fucking I went and bought like all of them. So, <laughs> man, 
so many different people in those games that you could never play as in our games, like Onita. So, yeah, oh, yeah, Onita. Onita wasn't versus the world. Yeah, well, right? he was in versus the world. Uh, yeah. I want to say fucking world tour. He was world tour. Fuck, man. And yo, the Japanese version of world tour. He's in right. that like blatantly in it. Yeah, I got that yeah. shit too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck oh, yeah, dude. All right, since we're we're all up in the video game talking that shit. <laughs> I'm actually get a number three here on my spot. All right, so uh, I'm glad this time I don't have something that we've already talked about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so my number three is uh, WCW Road Wild 1999. ICP and Vampiro versus Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, and Billy Kidman. They've always had an affinity for pro wrestling. Their first album was titled The Great Malenko, named after the father of WCW's Dean. And there you see, they're no strangers to the ring as well as they go to the attack on Guerrero. Shaggy Tudo. That has to be on this list because, dude, ICP was in the ring with fucking Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> and Rey Mysterio. I mean, all right, Billy Kidman too. But, bro, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero versus ICP. Yeah, this is maskless Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. You could have just had that and it would have been like insanely dope. And it really wasn't even a bad match. Like ICP did pretty fucking well. They held their own with him. Um I mean, I think Shaggy did the best out of, out of the two. I mean, yeah. I've always thought that though. I always thought was Shaggy was a better wrestler. But that shit was dope. The only bad thing about it those bikers did not give a shit. <laughs> they didn't care about any of the wrestling, but like they definitely did not care about that. They were probably sitting there revving their bikes, like, "Who the fuck are these clowny fucks? Like, what is this shit?" <laughs> yeah, doing hits a mess and not giving a fuck about the wrestling. Exactly. Like that's why that's why you don't just let bikers into your fucking event. Like you want paying fucking customers because they're gonna react. Bikers are just not gonna react. They're just gonna sit there. That's what kills me is like, it, it, not even just that event, but all of the outdoor events the WCW ever did, they were all free. Like, a lot of those events had some matches on there that were like worth paying to see, and they just handed it out. Gave them away. Shit, that's and like Hogan and Goldberg gave that shit away on Nitro for free. They got fucking two million fucking pay-per-view, but no, let's just give it away for free. Wasn't that the pay-per-view with Jay Leno? He was on one of them. I don't know if it was that year. Yeah, I don't know if it was that one. I, I know I went back. I, I know I went back and watched that match, and what I took away from it is how good fucking Mysterio and Guerrero were. They were everywhere they were supposed to be. Like That's the best that ICP looked in the ring on a professional oh. wrestling level, unless they're wrestling themselves. And it's not because ICP did so much better in that match. It's because fucking Guerrero and Mysterio are so fucking good at being exactly where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be, and their timing is... Their timing was probably the, the best in the 90s, those two dudes. And you can tell just how good they made ICP, how much better they made ICP look than anybody else. Well, I also kind of want to put over Billy Kidman because I feel like a dick. But I feel like we just were like, oh, fuck the Billy Kidman. Billy Kidman. He also a good addition in there. He yeah. fucked up Shags at the end of that match, bro. <laughs> Billy Kidman does that uh, – that, um, that spinning back press or whatever the fuck is finishing. Oh, yeah, the shooting star press. Yeah, yeah, shooting star press. And he lands on Shag's head at the it very was end of that match. It was Vampiro. He broke his jaw. No, it was Shag's. It was Shaggy. 
Uh, well, one of the matches, he lands on Vampiro and broke his jaw. The next night, he's on fucking Nitro with a fucking broken jaw, yeah, and they I show think, it. I think they had Kidman pin Shags because it still it made Vampiro still look strong. Like Vampiro didn't get pinned, Shaggy got pinned. But yeah, like he landed right on Shaggy's head, and I was like, Ooh, it was like that had to fucking hurt. <laughs> absolutely had to. Yeah, I remember he re- he literally broke Vampiro's face doing that one time too. <laughs> It's because he would do that sideways shit. He didn't go over. He did the sideways so his knees would come down first. Yeah, like, if you yeah, can't yeah. do it, move safely. Don't do the fucking move. Didn't he hurt Chavo and the Ruthless Aggression Era, too? With that? That's what I was about to say, bro. Yeah. 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 He did that shit, too. <laughs> hurt a lot of motherfuckers. Like, I can't believe. Let's just keep doing the fucking move. <laughs> I can't believe nobody beat his ass. Usually, like, you know, you fuck enough people up. Somebody going to beat your ass for doing it if you keep doing it. But he kept doing the fucking shit. I'm sure he got a lot of heat though for hurting Chavo. Like, and that was probably oh, yeah. I didn't know when Eddie was still alive, so I could only imagine. Oh man, no yeah. Eddie was. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it. That fucking Latino heat came out then. Yeah. <laughs> I'll move it up to my two spot. Uh, Jared talked about it briefly a little bit. Getting the JCW title defended on Nitro, they let Vampiro defend the JCW title on WCW Nitro. Our world champion, none other than Vampiro, Vampiro will be taking on the likes of Tank Flavage. Think how big that is. That'd be like you know today, fucking ICP showing up at AEW doing the commentary and defending the JCW title against like Hangman Page. <laughs> they just let the motherfuckers do whatever they wanted, man. It was so dope how good WCW treated them. And to see the JCW title get defended by Vampiro on Nitro was fucking legit. Like that put that put JCW on a whole nother level. Like to say that your your title was defended on a part of the Monday Night War saga. That just puts you in a whole different level when you're, you're able to say that. And they're able to say it a couple different times. They let the JCW title be defended on Nitro. So I'll put that at my two spot. Yeah, I got to check that out because I wasn't watching much WCW then. But uh, my number two, I already mentioned from Luke the Goon. Got to be on here, man. The, Str- the Stranglemania release. <clears throat> you know, when I first seen that shit, bro. Me and my uncle were just dying laughing, bro. Because of the fucking headhunters, the, you know, <laughs> Sweet House and Ponderosa, bro. That shit, to this day, has me gasping for air, man. That shit is hilarious, <laughs> you know? Oh, it's so good, man. And I'm glad I got the DVD because it's out of print like a motherfucker. One and two together in a set. But, yeah, the release of Stranglemania came out in 95, I believe, 96. Yeah. Around that. Yeah, Riddle around Box that, era. Riddle Box era. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Love it. My number two. I love that shit. Whatever the mushroom boys, one is putting the other one. He laid down like a bar piece of barbed wire uh, board. He lays the mushroom boy on top of it, and then he puts another barbed wire board on top of him. And Jay's like, he's sandwiching him in. Shag's like, you can't call it a fucking sandwich. You gotta call it a fucking in between, or he's gonna try to fucking eat it. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that match is great, man. I love that's my favorite one. He's like. Get out of here, you lazy fat fucker. <laughs> <laughs> when he falls off the rope, they legit start laughing. They're like, ah! <laughs> you get your fat ass off the top rope. He feels like a bitch. He's going home. <laughs> they hit him with the glass. He's like, oh, he's crying. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, he hit him with a punch. He hit him with a punch for real. <laughs> <laughs> the whole tide of the match turn whenever Sweetenhouse punched him in the face for real. <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. That's definitely my favorite. Oh, 
That's oh, the best yeah, Dragomania match ever. <laughs> wrong side, asshole. Yeah, wrong side, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So many classics on that fucking... Both That's of them are great. Yeah, both of them. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, my number two. Uh, we talked a lot about video games. Might as well keep talking, bro. Backyard wrestling video game, man. Reporting live from Al's truck stop, where the insane clown posse has just pulled into town. We're here to find out why the most hated band in the world has suddenly come to our town. Backyard wrestling, huh? Live on TV, million dollar prize. But what you fail to realize is who you're going to be facing in the main event. Well, you're looking at them. The wicked clowns. And we own this carnival, bitch. Bitch. I know you hate us, because you ain't us. I don't think you punks got what it takes anyhow. Hell no. Not when you got to get through the rude boy, Vampiro, and Mad Man Pondo. It's not just who you see here, either. We got some of the sickest, most wickedest hardcore men on their way here right now, motherfucker. See, we're the tidal wave of violence that's gonna wash away this cesspool of a town. You're gonna be battered and broken when insane clown posse gets done with you. <laughs> I put this number two, because like this was fucking huge for me at the time. It's a video game with fucking ICP in the fucking video game. I can play as ICP. I can play as Twisted at home. Like, that was fucking huge to me. And, like, the game the game for me at the time was a lot of fun. I don't know how I don't know how well it's aged since then. <laughs> I got it somewhere. Like, yeah, I mean, man. I still fuck with it, but, I mean, I, I play even the worst wrestling games still, so I, I'm not the best person to give you an answer on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to me, for them to make get a video game, make a video game, and have all the people involved that they did, and then have a sequel to that fucking video game. Shit was fucking crazy, man. Like, I know, like, with the first one, that was more like a JCW game, right? The second one, I mean, it had ICP, but it was more like a, a deathmatch game, really, because yeah. you had a lot of the CZW guys and shit, which is badass as fuck, dude. I mean, there's no other games that I can think of, except... Some of the ones that are coming out like within the next year or so that that can say they have like sick Nick Mondo and shit on it, but uh, man, the backyard wrestling games absolutely huge moments for fucking ICP. Like, I wish, man. I, you you always hear people like say shit to KG like when they're gonna be a third game. I would love that. I think it should happen. Enough people like maybe it's not gonna be a fucking. A blockbuster hit, you know, you're not going to have like a million copies sold, but I know there would be enough people out there who are interested enough who would want to buy a third backyard wrestling game. Throw ICP in it again. Who gives a fuck? We'll do yeah. it. I'm with it. Yeah, they're not yeah. going to wrestle anymore, so might as well put them in a game wrestling, you know what I'm saying? And like wrestling, wrestling fans, like the video game, like there's not a whole lot of wrestling video games. You know what I mean? There's a couple smaller ones. So, like, when a new wrestling game comes out, wrestling, like, I know people who play a lot of wrestling games, they want to fucking play it. Like, people play fucking, uh, I know Fire Pro Wrestling is pretty dope. Like, you yep. put in, like, some kind of, like, customization like that, bro, shit would be dope. 
all you'd really need to do is if it was a new one coming out is add guys like uh, Nick Gage and Matt Cardona and guys that you can get now instead of having like the CCW guys back in the day and, you know, the psychopathic JCW guys and the other one. This time you bring out all the dudes that don't have a contract with AEW and fucking WWF. There's a lot of them you can get on there. It's got pretty big names and Nick Gage being the biggest. Nick Gage and ICP on the cover, that's going to sell some fucking copies of Backyard Wrestling. I thought the, one of the things we haven't mentioned, Jarrett mentioned it uh, whenever he was talking about discovering the game is how big it was that soundtrack getting those fucking songs on the game man like that was huge like tony hawk 2 was like the big one that first started getting that i remember at least getting songs on video games then shortly after that man there was a fucking video game you could get and there's got icp shit on it that's fucking crazy just steps every step we've talked about today or every like one everything we've listed just been you know shit that legitimizes them more and more in the business and that's what that was yeah, I, I think when we were talking about the video, it would also be cool if they got like old guys like Zandig and Necro Butcher, like get yeah. them in. That would be fire, bro. Like uh, classic motherfuckers. Get get Nick Mondo on another game. That shit would be get fun. the rights to New Jack because New well, Jack was on the other one. Dude, that that one hundred percent will have like Zandig, Nick Mondo, all uh, yeah. that shit. From what I know, it's called the Wrestling Code. Yeah, the Wrestling Code. It's made yeah, by yeah. Virtual Basement. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know yeah, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna have though like some of those guys in it. So who knows? Maybe we could see like Nagage in that or some shit. Hell yeah. I, I admit I don't see ICP in it, but that'd be cool if they decided to be like, hey, fuck it, let's put them in there too. Yeah, some DLC or some shit. That'd be dope. Yeah, because I think that's what that game's gonna be, is just constantly putting out DLC and adding new wrestlers, and you can just choose if you want to buy them. So that'd be cool if ICP got brought into that mix. I could see them getting at it like that for sure because whoever produces the game knows that ICP has a huge following and if you put those motherfuckers on there for a dollar ninety nine each to download, you're gonna sell at least fuck twenty thousand of them fuck things. Dude, even non juggalos are gonna fucking buy them. Like like everybody knows who ICP is at this point. So yeah, yeah they would definitely sell. All right. Got my number two here. All right. Is TNA? January 21st, 2004 is the debut of ICP and TNA. That is your body stuff to take that kind of damage. The whole thing was fucking insanely dope. So there was like the promo leading up, they're coming out the limo, there's all these juggalos and shit. I mean, bro, that was dope. And also, like throughout the show. You saw Juggalos in the crowd. They were fucking chanting ICP. And then ICP's up in the crowd partying with them. And then Jeff Jarrett, I don't remember exactly who he was working at the time. But he was having his fucking match. And they get a little too close. And then, bam, there's the scuffle and the attack beyond Jeff Jarrett. That whole thing, dude, perfect. Like, ICP had been in all, you know, all the other companies at that point, but I never saw them as over with the crowd as I did there in TNA. And that that's why that's number two. That shit was fucking incredible. Didn't um, they spray Jeff Jarrett down with Fago? I was about to yeah. say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How dope is that? <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I think, too, because if I'm right, the whole TNA run is like what – I think that was like some of the best, you know, ticket sales TNA ever did at that point. 
I think that's why they had the like close working relationship forever was because of that shit. I I loved though that debut, man. That shit was you couldn't have fucking booked it any more perfect. I think it was better than even like well, even all the other shit. Like I mean Hardcore Heaven was cool. Even SummerSlam was cool. But that it's nothing like the TNA shit. Yeah, no debut like that for sure. That made that made them seem like they were like top level guys in the company. You go out there and fuck with Jeff Jarrett, who's like the king of the mountain at that time in, in TNA, and immediately established you as one of the fucking big dogs. And they were never treated like that in WWF for sure when they debuted. They were out there fucking kind of <laughs> But I have to say, though, going back to that crowd thing, like, I think that's what I love the most is because it turned into from being like just a wrestling crowd, it turned into a juggalo show. I mean, it was fucking family chants. It was every. <laughs> Like we we fucking do it our shows it was happening in front of a wrestling crowd and all those motherfuckers they couldn't do shit about it they just had to kind of deal with it <laughs> i remember i came across that looking at shit for this list and the name of the video was icp sprays down jeff jarrett with fago i was like i forgot about that how dope that like they fucking fago showered the fucking main dude in the company on their first night that's pretty fucking dope (laughs) you can't get any any better than that for a debut yeah they put the main event dude out there with them like jarrett was running shit back then in tna the king of the mountain Speaking of the king of the mountain, I'll move to the king of the mountain for my list at the number one spot. It's going to be them appearing on the cover of the WWF magazine. As soon as I seen that, man, I was like, they got to be crying reading this fucking magazine. They had to grow up like I did. I grew up, I would I would get, you know, a fucking WWF magazine. My friend would get one. We'd trade them back and forth. You'd read every fucking article in that fucking thing. So, like, WWE, WWF magazine in the 80s and 90s was fucking, for the internet, was fucking huge to me. And then to see, like, ICP know how big of wrestling fans they are, and they fucking made it onto this fucking motherfucker before it went out of fucking existence that's that's something to hang your hat on right there i know it hangs on their wall still to this day every time you see jay's uh basement when they're down there doing that he's got this motherfucker up on the wall and i mean as a wrestling as a as somebody that wrestled in the independence like that would be like having yourself on the wwf magazine is fucking one of the goals that would that would be one of the goals up there with winning the fucking title and they accomplished it that's fucking super dope so i'll put that in my one spot i think they had that at the um at Psychopathic Records, when I actually did the tour and shit, I think in that side office building where they had all the all the magazine covers, I think that was one of them that they had up, like in their little conference room and shit. Oh, yeah. One for me ain't no fucking surprise, man. How could Heaven 97 got me in the game because I'm a juggalo today because of that shit. So, yeah. Their appearance at How could Heaven 97, shut up. Nothing much to say. I think anybody that watches this show regularly probably knew that was going to be one for Mike. <laughs> yeah, when I put it on my list, I was like, I know this is going to be on Mike's list. I wasn't. I thought maybe you'd have it at one. So, like, I remember that like it was yesterday. Like, distinctively remember seeing it. So, they got to make a list. Number one. All right, my number one <clears throat> is their debut in WCW. Mysterio Jr. just being pummeled in there. 
Conan versus Vampiro match. They just come down to the ring. They're fucking stalking outside the ring and shit. Uh, and then uh, they just jump in, start beating the shit out of Conan. <laughs> and then Rey Mysterio comes in, and he, he kind of – he does like a Bronco Buster against Shags. And then, like, they just start beating the shit out of fucking Rey Mysterio. Vampiro slams him. And then <laughs> – this is when Bobby the Brain Heenan was fucking on point. <laughs> Bobby yeah. the Brain Heenan, I fucking love Bobby the Brain Heenan. As soon as Vampiro spikes, does the the Vampiro spike to Rey Mysterio, Bobby the Brain Heenan is just like, he should have stayed home. (laughs) 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 Dude, it's not like a, it's not like in itself, it's not a big moment. But that was the beginning of the relationship with WCW where we've been saying the whole time, man. With WCW, they were treated right. They got, they basically got to do whatever the fuck they wanted. They were in a stable with Vampiro and fucking Raven. You know, Dead the Deadpool later became the Dark Carnival. Um, t- yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about their relationship with WCW so much. Um, and it was, you know, the first time seeing them kind of come back and be like, you know, excited again. And I think, and this is what I was going to say before about the crowd, the WCW crowd definitely liked ICP. Like, it was much different than WWF. Where like the people in WCW fucking loved them. They had the signs. Mm-hmm. People in the crowd wearing shirts and fucking jerseys and shit. Like painted up. There was always juggles painted up in the crowd. Painted up like it was the perfect relationship between the between the, all those that kind of wish things wouldn't have fell apart. Obviously at the end, to you know to see like where things could have went with them. But yeah, I mean it was like as a kid watching that shit at home it was fucking dope. You talk about Bobby Heenan. If somebody wants, if you want to see an announcer outshine every wrestler in the Royal Rumble, go back and watch the 1992 Royal Rumble and listen to Bobby Heenan's commentary. Fucking immaculate, best commentary ever, in my opinion. <laughs> he's 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 like Ric Flair's like uh, he's like Ric Flair's homie, so he's cheering for Ric Flair throughout the whole time. Like like Roddy Piper goes over there and saves fucking Ric Flair from getting eliminated. He's like, Oh, I love you, Roddy. I love you, Roddy. It's a kilt. It's not a dress. It's a, it's a kilt. And then like, and then at the, and then like Piper goes over there and hits Flair. He's like, Piper, I always hated you. You skirt wearing freak. <laughs> he did bad. He picked, he carried that match. He did. Yeah. He outshined everybody in the ring. Classic. He took convulsions in that, that commentary, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. This shit was great. Bobby was the best. He was. Yep. Him and Gorilla, man, my favorite duo of all time. Likewise. Will you stop? Would you stop? <laughs> <laughs> Classic shit. Hell yeah. All right, so my number one. Uh, this is only about like two weeks after my number two. Uh, February 4th, 2004, TNA. ICP versus Glenn Gilberti, formerly Disco Inferno, and David Young. One of their best matches, I feel like, in their prime, especially, I mean, this is this is Wraith era. Like, everything's perfect. Raining fucking diamonds. They had a really good match with those two. 
and I loved everything that went into it. I mean, David Young, he had the clown phobia, was like the whole gimmick. So he's like <laughs> yep. on the outside of the ring, all fucking scared. He doesn't want to wrestle him and shit. Like, I, I personally think that was their best match they had in TNA. I did like the match they had. I think it was like a week or two later. It was the uh, Dark Carnival Street fight. That was dope, too. But that was a pure wrestling match with, with Gilberti and Young. So I, that's why I'm going to put that as number one. It was a dope match. It actually showed that uh, ICP could wrestle. Like, not just with fucking, like I said, not just with Guerrero and Mysterio and shit. Because they could have had a good match with anybody. But, like, to be able to go out there, have that, that really good match with being their, their like, legit solid in-ring debut for TNA, that's why it's going to go up there on number one. I think the reason they were so much better in TNA, well, one of the reasons is they had started JCW and they were working quite a bit. They were having a lot of matches in JCW. They did that tour. So they had come back for TNA and they had a lot more experience in the ring than they had in WCW or WWF. I think the confidence they had in themselves in the ring is really what made them stand out. Yeah, I agree with that. And like I said, I think also just like the timing of everything was perfect. I mean, like I said, it was the Wraith era. That was one of the best eras in ICP history. I mean, Jay talks about in Behind the Paint, you know, how, how special that whole period of time was. I feel like that's 110% why, like, they had such a good run in TNA. Because everything was good in life in general. So, might as well be good in wrestling, too. And he talked about the Juggalos in the crowd at that time, making it almost like an ICP show. They were so live. Like, the Juggalos were behind ICP fucking big time during that Diamond Rain era, man. So, yeah, it makes sense that everything was going good for them, and the Juggalos were there. Fucking, you, you go out to a fucking TNA match, and 25% of the fans in the fucking stadium are there to see you. That makes you feel pretty fucking good and confident, I would say. <laughs> well, plus, too, uh, I was going to say, like – you know, you got people now, everybody sings Judas when Jericho comes out, right? You had motherfuckers singing chicken hunting when I see you. That's all. All of that to me is just very innovating. And it solidified why ICP is so special in the wrestling business. Like, they definitely have earned their spot here 110%. Hoping they make an appearance in AEW so they continue to can continue to say that they've appeared in every major wrestling federation around because there's not a lot of people that can say that. And for ICP to be able to say that is pretty fucking dope. I think there's always a possibility of it. To be real, I wouldn't mind seeing them make an appearance in GCW. GCW would be dope. Oh yeah. I think it would be perfect. I could definitely see that. Now I admit, like I don't know like their relationship with KG and shit, so you know all that, but like I know KG does work, you know, GCW. So if they're on good terms at all or anything, yeah, they don't, they don't fuck with KG no more. Well, then fuck it. Maybe we're not going to see him in GCW. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in AEW, so. We'll Although, see. hey, that could make a good angle, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least you got like a history with them and shit that you could bring them back if you wanted yeah. to. We always do honorable mentions, but every one of mine got. Mentioned, I had Madison Square Garden and the Backyard Wrestling Games. Anybody else have any honorable mentions they want to get to? The WWF Magazine, that's it for me. Yeah, probably WWF um, Magazine. Um. I mean, I got one, but it's just like a personal one. 
I admit I don't remember who they wrestled or any of this. I just remember being there. Uh, my first gathering, 2016, Wizard of the Hood. Uh, that was Rude Boy's retirement match. It was supposed to be anyway. Then him and Jay wrestled like two years later. But why that whole thing is so special, that was my first time ever seeing Jay wrestle in person. And, dude, that match legitimately it was fucking dope, dude. Like, Jay and Rude Boy both had, like, matching fucking silver jerseys. Like, dude, they were looking fly as fuck. Jay did the fucking moonsault off the top rope to the outside on everybody. Yeah. Like, he had gotten into shape where he was confident to do it again. Well, that that was a fucking really dope moment. I'm glad I got to experience that. I admit, uh-huh. I was pretty fucked up, so I didn't get to pay attention to every little moment. <laughs> but I do remember thinking, like, holy shit, that's Jay wrestling right in front of me, dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh-huh. I mean, since you told yours, I guess I could tell mine. I think I told before, but I was at uh, – it was uh, AIW did a show in uh, Cleveland. It was called uh, it was Baby It's Too Cold Outside, where Too Cold Scorpio was there. And it was Colt Colbana and Hornswoggle versus this, uh, it was like a tag team with a manager called 40 Acres. And ICP were there as like an appearance to like sign and take pictures with people. And so I was thinking like, oh, maybe they'll make an appearance. You know, I was like hoping. I was like, I don't know. And so there's the matches going on. And then, like, the ref gets knocked out or something like that. And the 40 Acres manager gets up, and he starts, like, fucking with Colt Cabana and Hornswoggle, like, slamming them and shit. And then Alley Cat comes out. So her music plays. Alley Cat comes out from GCW and other shit. And then she gets her ass kicked <laughs> because the 40 Acres uh, manager is really fucking big. And so I'm like, oh, shit. And then I hear chicken hunting hit. And I fucking lost my goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, and everybody else is kind of like, some people were like, what, what? And I'm like, ICP. <laughs> I'm losing my goddamn mind. ICP come out. They look around in the crowd. They look at the crowd and shit. Everybody's chanting ICP. They come in the ring. They suplex both motherfuckers. They slam them into a fucking table. I was losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> Bro, the fact that you were at that is so dope because I remember seeing that fucking like I got IWTV, so I ended up going and watching that shit. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. One of the reasons I ended up getting it because I wanted to watch that show, dude. Yeah, that's that was... so fucking cool. <laughs> it was so dope. And then when they won, they were like holding up their hands and shit and bound and shit. Oh man, it was fucking dope. I was so happy I got to see because that was the first time I'd seen ICP in a wrestling ring. So I was so fucking happy that I I I got to see it because I think that's I think that's the last time they were in a wrestling ring because yeah. that was right right before COVID hit pretty much. I wasn't gonna say though that as far as the company you went to though AIW is a pretty decent company. Like, oh yeah, they I just I haven't kept up with them a super super lot, but I've watched it, a couple of their shows. I know that they they use a lot of GCW guys. Mm-hmm. I think they're a good company. Yeah, they are. They do a lot of crazy shows around here. They they brought up, uh, I think Britt Baker, like, trained initially with them and shit. Like, they brought up a lot of fucking people through AIW. They've had Pentagon come out. Matt Cardona just recently did a show with them. Yeah, if you're in Ohio, AIW put on some good shows. Hell yeah. The other thing that 
another thing that hasn't been mentioned that I'll give an honorable mention to is them appearing on the WWF entrance music CD and the WCW entrance music CD. WCW was Mayhem. WWF was like volume three, I think. They had the Oddities theme on the WWF and uh, Take It on WCW. So that was pretty big. I think the WWF one eventually went platinum. Before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody that uh, you can get some shirts. We get some uh, Goons Clout Gallery shirts. Check them out in the link in the description. We got uh, $29.99 hoodies, the long sleeve tees. These are dope, man. This really good quality, $25.99, and t-shirts are $19.99. So if anybody wants to peep them out, it'll be in the description below. Also want to tell, uh, have Jarrett tell everybody where they can find some of his wrestling or find out where he's going to be competing at and shit like that. and darkness comes to him oh, oh the, my gosh the fiend i mean a savage with a nasty looking uh, sister uh i don't know what you call that brother Avenel. <laughs> some of that merch too baby oh yeah um, well i have two shows coming up actually this friday and this saturday coming up uh one's going to be in tacoma washington on friday the other will be in vaughn washington on saturday you can watch both shows on facebook at uh at northwest pro our facebook page that's the company i mainly work for um but letting you know too you boys got fucking merch pages i got brain buster tees pro wrestling tees and i got the brand new store frontier i'm about to be dropping some brand new like real hot fire shit uh right after the first from your boy mr eight legs you fucking oh, shit. up with a design it's gonna be fucking fire and i cannot wait for you guys to see that shit hell yeah and put yeah. me down for one of them fuck shirts man <laughs> oh, God, hell yeah it's that official jared savage just uh yeah Look me up on fucking Google. Like I'm, I'm pretty goddamn easy to find these days. Google me. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a fucking Zooligan Juggalo out there doing it big on the independent scene, man. I even seen him on stage uh, holding it down. He's the host of Camp Zool. So if you're if you're a wrestling fan, if you're watching this, you're probably a wrestling fan. So uh, jump on his site, support him. Jump on that merch. If it, if it's got something coming from Eight Legs, man, you know it's fire. So check out his merch for sure. But until next time, I'm the Joker's Gallery. You just watch Five Piece. And we out. Every day I die. Back to the start of another try. I got the time, so why shouldn't I? Every day I die. Back to the start of another try. I got the time, so why shouldn't I? I've got too much time on my hands. Got too much time on my hands.